Hello. Well, hello. Is this Jared from DVAS? You got it, man. Who's, who's talking to me? Why, this is Scott Wood. I'm calling from the interview show, and hopefully we're going to do an interview today. Right on. Sounds good. Is this being broadcast, by the way? Well, it will be eventually, but it is not live. It's pre-taped. Okay, because I'm, wa- I'm walking over the 401 right now, so uh, broadcast quality won't be that great, but I'll be over, I'll be over the hill in a, in a couple minutes, if you will, here. Um, yo, what's up? This is Jared from DVAS, and you are listening to The Interview Show.
Well, can you hear me okay? I guess we can start now. So, welcome to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. Today, I've got Jared Stufko from DVAS on the line. Hello, Jared. Hey, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. So, I guess I'll just jump right in there. Some people say it's called DVAS. Some people say it's called Divas. What is it? Well, it's technically DVAS, but, you know, if it's on the tip of your tongue and you say Divas, then that's cool, too. You know, whatever. Uh, this is a non-judgmental zone. DVAS is a very uh, uh, lifestyle-open experience. So if you want to say Divas, that's cool. If you want to say DVAS, then that's cool, too. I say DVAS, but uh, who am I to judge others? You know what I mean? That is very progressive thinking, Jared. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, can you tell me the origin story of the band name and the band? But let's start with the band name first. Sure, the band name was uh, initially called DJV and the Abominable Snowman. And uh, it started back in 2003. Um, myself and my friend Darren Veers got together, um, started making electronic music in the middle of winter. We were bored. We had no girlfriends and no money, but we did have some gear that was obtained through um, slightly immoral means, let's say. Uh, I won't get into that. And we started making songs and beats in our basement. Yeah, seven years later, here we are. New record out. Um, but yeah, anyhow, DVAS comes from that initial name, which was DJV and the Abominable Snowman. We actually called ourselves Ram Jam. For at first, it was like RAM as an R-A-M, like random access memory. Um, and we did one show as Ram Jam in Edmonton, but um, didn't really catch on. And I am so glad that you gave up that name. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was not cool at all. I read that you were the Abominable Snowman. Why is that? Um, well, it was... Yeah, long story short, I guess, it was an attempt to sort of capture this image as a like a coke-snorting party freak guy from, you know, if you can imagine, like, some psycho old party dude from Miami who just sniffed coke all the time or something. So the snowman, obviously snow being a drug reference, and I was abominable um, because I would be partying so hard. Not that it was a drug-positive message by any means, but um, it was just an idea and a way to have fun. Sorry, I'm just running off across the street here. Um, but yeah, it's just a way to have fun and and sort of capture this uh, out of body out of body experience, if you will, for me. You know, just to step outside of my zone. Nice, nice. Do you still go by that name? Uh, I still get the snowman once in a while, but that's usually just Edmonton crowds that call me that. Like nobody in in Toronto knows where knows where the snowman came from or who the snowman is. I moved out here about six years ago. Um, so any any references to the snowman are usually made by, like, the hardcore DBAS fans from back in, like, the early 2000s. And they'll be like, yo, snowman, what's up? If you actually listen to one of our early songs called Bromance, there's, uh, there's like, a little intro, and I'm, like, kind of rapping with, with DJV, my uh, partner, and we're like... Like, yo, snowman. I'm like, yo, what's up? Hey, DJ, yo, snowman, what's up, bro? Oh, you know, you 
Yo, what's up? This is Jared from DVAS, and you are listening to The Interview Show. I'm glad you brought up the single bromance. The reason why is because I've read that you guys have broke up several times. So first of all, I wanted to get the deal on that. And then second, I wanted to ask you for some tips on how to manage a successful bromance. Well, this project is in a continual state of disarray, basically. I mean, it's the core members are... It's it's basically me and Darren Veers as has been like a core member for the last seven years. He's been kind of busy, so he hasn't been touring with us lately. But um, he wrote a couple a couple tunes on the record, like we co-wrote together and stuff. Um, so I we're always breaking up. Like I, we put out a record in 2003, and then 2004, I think we did like a farewell show as early as 2004 and it was kind of a ploy just to get people to come out to the show because it's like hey we're you know we're breaking up like we love you guys but as one final gift to the fans we're going to do a show so you know you should all come out and party with us and really it's just a big lie to get people out to the show it's like a marketing thing last ever chance to see us you know but obviously we're still here and we're still going so I guess we get the last laugh on that one um, absolutely now the reason I asked the second question is because band relationships can be volatile yet special things so how does one manage a successful band relationship well the big thing is um, basically just understanding and since it was since it was just essentially Darren and me from the beginning and over the last two years mostly just me it kind of you know, if there's other members in the band, you can just kind of be like, look, this is my band. I'm writing the songs. So either you play it my way or you can quit kind of thing. It's kind of harsh, but, you know, if you want to if you want to do it that way, that's cool. If you want to have a band that's super democratic where everybody has an equal say, you end up like Fleetwood Mac where everybody's like having sex with each other and doing drugs and, and uh, you know, it's easy for the band to break up this way it's like as long as I'm not going crazy or I keep want keep wanting to do it and there's like a couple people that are willing to play with me then it'll keep going but I mean everybody I work with I try to treat with respect and Darren and me are like really really good friends going way back like we played hockey together uh, as like five five year olds and um, you know it's based on that's a lot of it's based on friendship and communication. It's hard for males to communicate, but guess what? It's 2010, and that uh, bullheaded male, I don't talk, I just punch thing doesn't, doesn't fly for me. Um, so I'd say communication is the key to bromance and maintaining a successful bromance for sure. Hey, this is Jared from DVAS, and you are listening to The Interview Show.
Yo, what's up? This is Jared from DVAS, and you are listening to The Interview Show. One thing that I find interesting about you guys is that society definitely, when you're listening to it, you're not sure if you guys are a band or if you're DJs or what. And I read this great quote from you where you were talking about a DJ controlling a crowd. Now, you guys have made the decision to go at it as a band, so I was hoping that you could talk about your relationship with the audience. You can be a DJ and nobody's heard of. Like, I'll DJ at at the Drake here in Toronto or another venue, and, you know, 99% of the people at the venue have no idea who I am. They've never seen me before. They don't know what my handle is or what kind of music I play, but I can drop a track and everybody will go crazy, you know? Like, I'll play, like, a Fred Falk remix and everybody will just go go nuts because it's such a sick track. But a band, like, unless you're opening for somebody, you don't have that built-in audience. You know, a lot of clubs in Toronto have a built-in audience. It's fun to DJ there because you don't have to bring anybody out. You just have to bring, like, the sickest tracks in your collection and drop them, and then people will have, have a good time. But as a band, you sort of have to draw people on your own, and that can be a challenge, definitely. Um, and it can also be a challenge to hit a room full of people with nothing but your own stuff, your own tracks. And, you know, coming from a live and a DJ background, it's a lot more stressful to be playing live because if people don't like you, if the people in the audience don't like you, then you're kind of screwed because you, it's not like, okay, well, let's do that one song that everyone likes. Like, let's do that cover that everyone likes. You know, if you don't do, if you're not a cover band, you, you're kind of stuck to your set. Um, and lately I've noticed um, people know the material that like we played in Montreal uh, a couple weeks ago and people knew the songs and it was really cool that people had heard the record and had come out and seen us and, and um, you know, were into it and that was really encouraging but but um, I'm anticipating like playing in different cities where people will kind of look at us sideways and think like hmm, this is cool but I don't know if I like it, you know and then maybe the next time we come through town people will be like, oh, this is sick, I love these guys. Yo, what's up? This is Jared from DVAS, and you are listening to The Interview Show. So, the big story of society is that superstar bloggers, The Hood Internet, grabbed the premiere single, which is also called Society, and they put uh, independent Chicago rapper, Kid Static, over your track. They put it on their website, also on their mixtapes, so your single got a lot more renown than, uh, I guess, you expected. I think they stuck pretty close to the sort of feeling of it, but they really push it in that in a different direction, um, which is really cool. Ain't it nice to break free from VIP. We can get wild, but it's time to leave. The sun is coming up, say goodbye to Eve. Are we coming back? Just wait and see. Say goodbye to the divas. Unless you're taking them home, some of them are breaking the mold. Countdown to us being out in the cold. If you didn't get a number, better get in the gold. Engine combo, down your bottles. Where the models? Hell if I know. They all got day jobs, Mr. Holler. It don't make a difference, I'll be back tomorrow. Don't need sleep, they still feel fresh. One of them hurt, there's an after set. Out till dawn when we just met. We can ride. To have a remix like that, which took the song to a different place, and it's not just a traditional remix. You know, we actually got the guy to come and rap on it, which was which was awesome. When I found out that you know they got this guy Kid Static to rap on it, I, I thought it was just so cool. Uh, you know, and he drops like DVAS and the or D, I think he says Divas, but he's like, yo, say, say bye to the Divas or something. Um, and it was just sick to hear someone reinterpret the song um, in that sense. Since they put a rapper on one of your songs, has that changed the way you look at what you do? You know, 
Not really, because I was working on a beat about a year ago, and it, it's, a, it's a sample of a Toto song, and I was just thinking, like, man, this would be so good as a hip-hop track. And I was thinking, like, Jay-Z would be just, like, just kill it on this beat. I don't know, I haven't had a chance to uh, pitch it <laughs> to Jay-Z um, in person yet or anything, obviously, but I don't know, maybe I'll make the, maybe I'll make the beat and um, see what happens. So I, maybe it didn't change the way I thought about music, but it, it may be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of confirmed some, some thoughts that I'd had about making music and stuff like that. Well, hey, why not make a hip-hop beat? Why be stuck to making like indie dance or yacht house or whatever it is DJS is, you know? Like, like yeah, sure, do a hip hop track. Okay, I read this quote from you where you were talking about releasing Society, and because you'd had it for a while and it finally came out, it's come out now recently. <laughs> it was like wearing a new haircut out for the first time. So I wanted you to extend that, talk about your old haircut, the haircut for Society, and what haircut you're looking at for the newer tracks that you're working on now. Sure. Well, I'd say that before Society, I had a uh, kind of a Euro mullet, because um, a lot of the earlier DVS stuff was kind of Italo-based, disco-y kind of stuff. So picture like a Euro mullet, like um, long on the back, short on the sides with like three shaved lines, uh, you know, like above the ear. Um and then like a blonde spike on it or something. For the next DBS record, I'm thinking full-on, long-ass hairstyle, like Eddie Van Halen in the 80s, shoulder length, like a uh, really shaggy, really shaggy hairstyle. Because uh, it'll probably take two years to grow that out, and I'm thinking that it'll take two years to finish the next DBS record, so it'll be uh, perfect timing. The last question that I have for every guest on the show is I love them to take a track off the record, Give a little background information on it as I bring up the music. Okay, so the track Fantasy, um, it's sort of a yacht house track. If you take sort of the best of yacht rock, like uh, embellished chords, major and minor seven chords, and um, with kind of that smooth 70s Doobie Brothers vibe, and match it with some pretty dope smooth house beats, you get a yacht house track. And uh, that's kind of what I was going for on on fantasy and I was mixing it with Roger Levens and he suggested that we put some ocean sound um, on it, some waves crashing just to just to hit people with that really smooth island vibe and uh, this is what we came up with. Hey, this is Jared from DVAS and you are listening to the interview show. <laughs> 